Welcome back to Elemental Whispers Podcast, or if you are here for the first time, I want to welcome you. Thank you so much for being here, and may this episode and any future episodes you listen to bring you a stirring of enchantment. That is my deepest heartfelt desire. So today I have a really unique episode recorded for you, which I'll talk about in just a moment. I want to first pat myself on the back and celebrate because so far we are at the end of February and I have kept up with the frequency that I was inspired to follow starting at the beginning of the year, which is committing to two podcasts every lunar cycle, ideally in the waxing part of the moon phase. And if all goes well, this podcast episode should be released around the new moon in Pisces. So that is just really really a cause for celebration in my book. The other thing I want to celebrate, speaking of books, is February 22nd is my book's birthday. (laughs) It will be a year old from when it was released a year ago last year. Initiation, my fairy soul awakening, is the book of my soul. It is a spiritual, magical memoir that traverses continents and timelines, and it is basically giving you a seat next to me to drive with me in the journey of my early spiritual awakening and soul remembrance. It's a beautiful story that is not only love and light, but is also really human and has a lot of very deep, intimate, emotional portrayals, as well as expressing the beauty of awakening to the realms of spirit and the enchantment of the other world of fairy. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out, I hope you will. I also want to share that I have a very special limited edition magical offering. I have had it in my mind for a while that I wanted to create an essence journey to go alongside my book story. And what I was seeing was this paint by number kind of treasure map experience where as you were reading along, you would have a map, for lack of a better word, that was inviting you to take or work with a particular essence depending on where you were in the book. And this would drop you even more deeply into the story codes, into the heart of enchantment that is this book. It will also help to integrate the energies further to support you in your own journey wherever you are and wherever that may be. So this essence creation is going to be offered for a limited time and it's going to be three essences that are not normally available. And with that essence bundle, you will get this 
treasure map. So I cannot wait to share this. I don't know if it'll be out by the time this podcast is out, but if you don't know about it, you may want to get on my email list at dmrrose.com to make sure that you do not miss out. I'm so excited about it and happy birthday to my book, Initiation, My Fairy Soul Awakening. And thank you to everyone who has been such an incredible support and cheerleading team, encouraging me and blessing me and the book with beautiful words of love and magic and the way in which the book has touched you. Thank you so much. So today's episode is a very magical treat. It is a conversation between myself and one of my sister friends, Rosemary, who was on an earlier episode. But we are not alone in this conversation for she is accompanied by her dragon ally. And if you don't know her, Rosemary Quaid Nichols is a magical wise woman, a healer, an artist, an inner child coach. And I and a lot of beings in the other world lovingly call her the witch on top of the mountain. I will be sharing in the show notes all the ways that you can connect with her. I'm just really filled with joy to be able to share this conversation and also this example of allyship with you all. I want to say that I'm a little nervous doing this podcast because we have never done anything like this so far. And my intention is to introduce the listeners to an experience of other world partnership, as well as to the raw and real ups and downs of what allyship in the other world can mean, how it can express in so many different ways. And changes, even our relationship with one being evolves and changes and sometimes goes away over time altogether. So Rosemary Quaid Nichols, and she was a guest on one of the earlier episodes, Walking in Love. I'll link to that in the show notes. And if you all recall at the end of that episode, or maybe even throughout it, I can't recall, we kept alluding to Drake. And Drake is a dragon being that Rosemary is in allyship with. And all throughout the time we could, when we were recording the last episode, we could feel Drake's presence. And yet we came to the close and we hadn't really given Drake any space. And so I made a promise (laughs) and an invitation to Drake that in the future, when the time was right, we would do an episode and we would simply feature him. It would be all about Drake and Rosemary in relationship to Drake and her journey. So that is the episode that we are endeavoring to 
bring to you today. And yet the reason why I'm nervous is because here's what this episode is not. This, and I'm feeling very protective as I do over my own spirit allies and relationships, and also my sister, Rosemary. This is not an open invitation or a doorway for you to connect to this being. This being is a beautiful, sacred friend and ally of Rosemary, and I am honored that he is also, I call him a friend of New Avalon. And in general, in my personal and humble opinion, a dragon, even any being, is not necessarily one that you go seeking out. It's a relationship that unfolds and and a contact is made and then there is a cultivation that happens in relationship just the way like we do with our human friends. So this is not an introduction or a pathway for anybody out there to connect with Drake, to try to bring him into your meditation or anything like that. That is definitely not the invitation. And, and just like you would never just show up at Rosemary's house because you've never, you don't know her, you don't have a relationship with her. I would also ask you not to try to show up at Drake's house because you don't have a relationship. So I just want to state that up front. And that's why I was feeling a little nervous because I'm feeling very protective and wanting to make those boundaries very clear up front. However, what my intention is, and I would love to hear from Rosemary if she, is what's coming forward for her. What my intention is for this is to model an example of one human in relationship with one being. There are so many of these examples, and I just feel the more we can model healthy spirit relationships, then we can help inspire other people to be open to these relationships and also to see perhaps where we can be better allies and also to see how much joy and richness comes in these kinds of relationships. So that is my intention. So I want to welcome Rosemary and Drake to the podcast. And I have deep respect for both of you. And I just want to ask, yeah, what is coming forward for you? Is there anything you want to say in terms of an introduction, either for yourself or how you're feeling? Um, you know, it, it, it has been a beautiful, fascinating journey with Drake, as you know, because you've been a part of it for so much of it, if not all of it. Um, and, and you've been a conductor of helping us connect to each other. Um, you know, yeah, there's definitely a part of me that is protective of him. And even as you were speaking, I could feel his essence and being here with me and going, I'm okay. Don't worry about me. I'm okay. And I think that that is the Drake that I know now. It has been a journey with Drake from when I first connected with him to the Drake that I know now. I joke with you that it's Drake 2.0. Um, 
And I'll explain that, you know, as we talk. But so, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to be here. I'm definitely, you know, a little nervous because like this is where I am with Drake now, right? Now we're going to try and go back to how it all started. So as you know, memory for me is not my strength. So I will <laughs> be grateful with any help that you have. And I can still tap into the energies of how this process unfolded. So, yeah. So I want to, why don't we start there and begin to <laughs> reconstruct in a very uh, lighthearted way. How did this begin? So I'm trying to, again, it, it's kind of time to remember back, right? Because just the way my mind and this spirit and this human works right now. So I've always been fascinated with dragons. That's been a lifetime thing for me of just the curiosity, the feeling in my body when I would see an image of a dragon or watch a movie with dragons. There was just, it was visceral for me. I didn't connect it to my physical human until after I met you, of course. And it was because of aspects of myself that were starting to show up. And I labeled them anger. So I had incidences and moments where anger would show up. And I would say, I feel like a dragon roaring fire. At the time, Drake didn't have a name. So it was just the sense of this energy of a dragon roaring fire and, you know, destroying everything in its path kind of mentality because of the way I was, because of the way dragons are portrayed in the world. And that has been such a myth that has been centuries old. And at the time, I did not realize that. Now, of course, if I'm protective anywhere, that's where I'm protective. It's, that is not who dragons are. That is not what dragons are. But anyway, so I, I kind of had this energetic that was happening within me, anger that was showing up in different circumstances, in different ways, interactions with you, with Yamira, with, with hus my husband, with just different places. And I had had also simultaneously and yet separately um, past life regression experiences that had brought up energy of dragon. I had not put any of this together at the time or even connected it in any way. But I distinctly remember for me when Drake specifically showed up was when I had come to you about a flower essence. I wanted an essence. I wanted an essence formula to understand and work with this anger that was showing up, this rage that was showing up. And so we agreed and while I was coming over to your house to sit down and do a formula, which is part of, you know, the journey. And I even remember distinctly that morning before coming over, my lower back all of a sudden began to throb. It was throbbing. There was nothing. There was no reason for it. I had not hurt myself. It was just throbbing. And I remember getting to your house and you even recommending you want to go for a walk first before we sit down. I said, I can barely move. Like, no, I'm not interested in walking today. So we sat down at your dining room table and when we sat down and I started just kind of sharing the anger pieces of it, the feelings that I was experiencing, you sensed 
that there was something going on in connection with my lower back. And when we sat and closed our eyes and connected and you had me connect to that energy of that pain in my lower back and through your guidance and your support, I started to see something was there. I didn't physically at that time know what it was. I just could feel that there was a connection to the anger and my lower back. So when I started going into the energy of that, what I kept seeing was a cave or a dark space, a very dark, dark space. And when I started sitting with it and being with it again, with your guidance and your support, I realized that there was something in this dark space, this cave, there was something there. I did not know again what it was. Through a journey that you helped me with, I started to see that there was a being in this cave. And when it started to come forward, I realized it was a dragon. And there was no denying that. There was no, oh, I've made this up. There was no reason for me to go to dragon. It was just dragon. But what was fascinating was that this cave had a, what I saw, a iron gate that was locked. Now the dragon was on the other side of that gate, inside this cave. And at first, honestly, it was kind of like unnerving and unusual for me because I had never had such a visceral experience of something like that. And when I continued to sit with it, I started to see that there was something about this dragon and a connection with me specifically. This wasn't like, oh, this is something planetary or this is because so many of us experience physical things in our body based on things that are going on on the planet or even just experiences that we're having in our lives. But I started to understand that that wasn't what this was. This was different. And when I started to see after talking to this dragon and just asking it, what did it need? Why was it there having this conversation? I realized that it wanted out of this cave and I had the key. And that was mind blowing to me. I did not even comprehend that I could have the key to this cave. So after again, conversing and engaging with this energetic, it asked me, would I unlock the gate? Would I let it out? And that's when I started to put together the anger with this dragon. The anger of my choosing to keep this being locked up in a cage. For whatever reasons, because at the time I had no idea why. And I'll never forget, like I can... Feel it viscerally in my body right now again, if I go there, of when I unlocked that gate and he slowly came out and stood in front of me. And at the time when he stood in front of me, he was a dragon. There was no denying it, but he wasn't like one of these big, huge, grandiose dragons, right? Like it wasn't like you know, like the way you envision it in a movie. It was almost like a young dragon for lack of a better way of putting it that's the way i was seeing it i've come to learn that was not the case when he stood in front of me i was 
bawling. I was crying my eyes out and saying, please forgive me. I don't know why I did this, but please forgive me. I am sorry. And I'll never forget the image that came and the voice that heard, the, the, the words that came out of his, this energetic being in my mind were, there is nothing to forgive. I just want to love you. And I want you to love me. And that was the start of our journey together. So I thought. <laughs> to start in this lifetime, let's put it that way. <laughs> Thank you for sharing all of that. That is so beautifully evocative and accurate in terms of how I energetically remember it. And there were even pieces that you named that I had forgotten. I think it's important to, there's two things. First of all, acknowledge your journey with this because even though I know this, I was there, but it's still to go back into it and see it from that point and where you are now with him is just so expensive mind expanding, like, whoa, oh my God, the leaps and bounds and the growth and the, the journey, the journey that it's been. Because that was, I think that was 2021. I think that was around the late summer, early fall of 2021. I do too. I do too. And so, so there is a couple pieces that I want to, um, clarify, not for you, Rosemary, but for anybody listening. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, and first of all, um, so I think this is really important to talk about because I know people are very curious about past lives. And it's very natural to be curious about our past incarnations. And what to me is very important and I love to continue to educate about this, is that it is usually not a good idea to go rooting around for past lives and past incarnations and, oh, was I <laughs> some great Egyptian queen or priestess and all of these. There is There are beautiful ways for us to reclaim our gifts, our experience um, from other parallel lifetimes or past lifetimes without having to go rooting around in things. To me, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And so, and past lives, working with past lives, especially at a mythic level, which this qualifies as that, is one of my gifts and specialties and the only reason that we do it is when something from that, I call it a bleed through, and something from a past lifetime is creating a blockage or an issue of some kind in this present day life. And oftentimes, a lot of uh, practitioners you know, will trace it back to childhood, and we can absolutely trace a lot of these things back to childhood. But what I find is that usually childhood patterns and 
the way that the soul has set things up are oftentimes carry through so that we can learn something or resolve something from prior life experiences in other incarnations. Nine times out of 10, we don't have to go that far back to work with this. Resolving things in childhood because uh, is good enough because it's like a fractal. I just think of like that raindrop, like you could take any part of the whole. And if you work on that part, then it kind of billows out into the whole experience of a person, of the world, of, of, of. It kind of ripples out. But sometimes, for whatever reason, it doesn't clear it up by going back to childhood patterns. And it's something that is deeper and more ancient. And obviously, I write about my own experience with this in my book. And so in the case with Rosemary, you know, as she stated, um, so I'm not saying anything she hasn't already said, but uh, she was starting to have what we call a bleed through. It was showing up. It was showing up in a big way in her relationships. Um, there was an evening, which I won't go into the details just for time's sake here, but with the two of us and then a third friend. And we were actually sharing something that we had been journeying from a uh, a past life experience and a connection to what I call the fairy Magdalene lineage. And it was during that conversation that something was triggered and activated within Rosemary. And we were just, you know, sharing very freely. It wasn't, we weren't doing any kind of processing or, or, or ceremony. There was nothing. It was just a sharing, a human sharing, right? Sister yep. sharing. Yep. We were sitting around the kitchen table, uh, kitchen counter and, you know, sharing and one, somebody, somebody was sharing an Instagram post and I was sharing something and whatever. And there was a rupture that happened where Rosemary was very obviously triggered and turned almost into another person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. She, and basically fire hosed me with this, like just a roaring energy. I'm calling it roaring now. Cause it's so obvious. That's what it was, but this roaring energy and I was in a very sensitive place from things that had just happened in my my life and I had a reaction and freaked out and freaked out in that I became very emotional and sad and upset and to the point where I actually had to leave the room and I and I remember saying to her like just stop I don't want to I I am I'm, I'm complete I don't want to hear anymore but she was like on autopilot it was like she couldn't stop and yes. For anybody who knows Rosemary, she has so much self-awareness and has done so much work around awareness. And so this was, it's not that oh, Rosemary never gets mad or we never get mad or of course, like we have normal human things, but, but this was uncharacteristic. We'll say that. And there was clearly this rupture and that in and of itself was like, okay, that was, I feel from my perspective, like things had already been starting to creep up. And that from my perspective was this rupture and like almost the tipping point of the straw that broke the camel's back where Rosemary's like, shit, I have to, I have to address this. Like there's yes, something <laughs> happening here. And at that point, because of what had triggered it, which was that past life connection, there was like, at least on my part, I was like, 
Oh, yeah. I think that this may have, we may have to go deeper. And Rosemary and I had begun a journey of working with flower essences. As I was practitioner, she was coming as client. It was an agreement we have made. I don't do it with most friends, but Rosemary and I have a different special relationship. And so we were able to do this and be very boundaried and you know, and have agreements. And it was actually really beautiful. And so we had already been working for about three months and this would, would have been like that kind of last month. And so she had already been working with essences, working with that intention, which I thought, I think she brought forward in the last, uh, episode sharing around, she wanted to remember and she wanted to, and she was working with these pieces and we were working with other more, um, what would you call them? More, more present pieces, pieces that were more connected to things again, not to, not going into it, but connected to this lifetime. And so we were working with that. And then in that journey throughout that span of four months, this unfolds. And so again, this is all about how like a practitioner just watches and observes and traces. And also if the client is aware enough, can also start to see threads like, okay, I set this intention. Now, all of a sudden, as I'm deep into the journey, this is coming up. I'm having these emotional experiences. We're working on that level of the emotion. And then at some point, you know, the practitioner and the client make a, you know, an agreement. Okay. We have to go deeper than that. We have to go to a deeper layer. And that's what we were doing. That was a session that you know, we had together and we went deep into the energy. Now notice as Rosemary shared that story, we didn't go rooting around. I didn't take her on like some past life. We didn't go into a regression. I did not do any kind of like timeline where we were going back. I took her straight into the gateway of the present moment, which for her was that pain in her back. So it was through the present moment and the doorway that was presenting to us that um, that we entered in, that Rosemary entered in so bravely and that this unfolded. So I'm saying all this to say not to give anybody a manual for doing this if you don't, if you're not trained to do this, like please seek out a skilled practitioner, but what I'm saying is that this was, Rosemary didn't come to me to work because she wanted to know her past lives or right. And she didn't even have that intention as we were even doing this session in particular. It was just to address what was coming forward for her. And that took us into this energy and it unfolded. So yeah, I, I feel that's that was really important to just add <laughs> for everyone. Yeah, no, agreed completely because they're, you know, and again, it's like you said in this, we're trying to do this in a, you know, in an hour podcast and it's like, okay, how do we not give too much and yet give enough? So I appreciate that. And the amazingness of it was that that physical pain in my lower back, by the time we were done, was gone, gone completely. There was no residual. There wasn't, oh, the next day it was tweaked. No, it was literally, I could feel it leaving my body as I connected to this being that I had set free, not even realizing I had had this karmic past life thing. Again, at that time, I did it did it unfolded from there over several months. Right? Like again, this is that piece I think that you're talking about that we're not rooting around. It was to me, it was like, oh, there is this being that is a dragon 
and I can release it and now have this connection like this is amazing and Drake showed up initially very playful and joyful and like literally I could feel him energetically as my days and months progressed of you know that energy of okay what are we doing today what's going on what's happening? like this young energetic he would go to New Avalon and engage with the other dragons that were in New Avalon and I knew this somehow I just knew this um so but yeah but it was a journey and it wasn't until you're right I think it was June or July that this first started and it wasn't until Thanksgiving around Thanksgiving that I started to understand the connections of past lives not because I was rooting around, not because I was not even understanding at the time that the incident happened that it was connected to all of this energy. And it unfolded that way. I saw it that way. You saw it that way. Like we both got to see, oh my goodness, like forgiveness again at the next level, understanding the story because I did not even go into initially the story of who this dragon was. I didn't know who it, what his name was for almost a month because I was like, I didn't want to name him, right? Like, it's just, this is a being. I'm okay with that. It's a dragon. How wonderful and beautiful. It wasn't until like a month later that Drake dropped in. And I was like, oh, that's your name. Because again, I had no connection to that name. So it was definitely a journey. And like I said, it wasn't even until Thanksgiving that the story started to weave together, which ironically was connected to the story of the Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene energy and the rose. And understanding all of that took me to the next level of forgiveness of myself, of my part in that lifetime. Again, with Drake constantly saying, there is nothing to forgive. And yet, this human had this energetic pathway that needed healing. And I love the way you call it a bleed-through because that's exactly what it felt like. It was not something from this life that I was consciously aware of. And yet, it was manifesting in a human form called anger. I hope that makes sense to all of you out there listening because the best way I can describe it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I don't feel like this is the time to go into like the specifics of that story only because Agreed. it is so layered and so involved. There's so many pieces and I've been journeying it from my own uh, perspective and my own role in that story for the last couple of years. And I've alluded to it here and there. And of course, what's so beautiful is when Rosemary showed up that Thanksgiving, and again, something was activated within her, or it was a couple days before Thanksgiving, yeah. actually. And it, something was activated. <laughs> she didn't show up on Turkey Day like that. No, it was a couple days before that. And something with her in her was activated. And we, you know, we sat. And like she said, it was like we simultaneously had our own experience of the energy because of my connection to that lineage 
And now, obviously, because of her connection to that lineage, which she had no idea. And here's what's so cool. Because I was journeying that so intimately, I had not shared that. Rosemary is pretty much one of my best friends. And I had not shared those storylines at all with her. Like I've been journeying it for over a year since, honestly, probably since I had started to create the France of 2020 trip that was going to be the France of 2020 trip that never happened because of COVID. But as I started to step forward and create that in the fall of 2019 is when this started to show up, this lineage of the fairy Magdalene, which I had already been connecting to, but I hadn't connected to its mythic story throughout history. And as I began to connect with that, it was so personal and it was so um, intimate that there was one other friend, and I mentioned she was there with us that night, but there was one other friend who I was journeying it with because we were both having experiences and we were both connected to it and realized that we had a role in that lineage and lifetime. And I had never shared it with Rosemary. And so it wasn't until that night (laughs) that where the rupture happened in the summer of 2021, that the other friend and I began to share it just very casually because we had come to a place of reconciliation in our own selves and a lot of (laughs) what we thought we thought we had come to. (laughs) A good place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what we didn't realize is that there were actually layers upon layers to go that I ended up carrying out for like the next year. Um, and then Rosemary in a different way. And so Rosemary and, and obviously the, you know, that connection point for her was the dragon and was Drake. And of course he is connected to that lineage. And that's all we'll say about that particular story. I think, is there anything you want to add about that? No, that's perfect. I mean, I agree. I didn't want to go into like all the bits and pieces because that's a whole nother conversation. It's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, that, that was perfect the way you described that. I like that. Thank you. I'm just feeling into the energy of Drake's story. And I, I do remember when he was newly come forward, we sometimes likened him to Tigger of Winnie the Pooh because he had yes. that bouncy energy. Yes. And um and I'm just there's two things that I want to ask. So first, I know people are going to be curious to the best of your understanding now. How do you explain the dragon being connected to this pain and being in this cage of a cave? In terms of, was he inside of you? What do you feel that you are him? Or do you feel that your relationship is just so intimate that it was manifesting physically and your access point was through you and you guys are just like heart connected? You you know what I mean? I think people are going to have that question. Like, so is the dragon her or is does the dragon come out of her? Does she birth dragon or what is up with that? To the best yeah. of your understanding as you are, as Rosemary now in 2023, trusting that it might change tomorrow or in six months. Yes. Yeah. No. And I appreciate that question. Um, you know, I think it would probably be the third option of the three options you just gave, right? It is a heart 
connection. It is an energetic connection. No, I did not physically birth a dragon. Um, that would have been very painful. <laughs> and I think the reason, you know how we're empathic, right? Like we feel our friends. We feel the people that are closest to us in whatever way we physically feel that. To me, that is Drake. I feel Drake. Like for a long time and still to this day, just different. I would be in ceremony or I would be processing something or walking something through and I would feel his presence. He is his own being. I, I want to be really clear about that. He is his own being and he is an amazing, powerful, energetic being. I am just honored. Sorry. I am honored to call him my friend. To call him my ally, which is what he is. As you said in the beginning, it was a very playful, energetic. It was a desire to engage with me and for me to engage with him, not knowing how. Because it's like a new friend. It's like when you meet a new friend and you're like, oh, well, what does this person want? Or what does this person not want? What does this person like? What does this person not like? And yet it wasn't new and that's why i say i feel like it's a heart connection because it was very familiar to me so i think that's the best way i can describe it is it's a friendship beyond any other kind of friendship i have had there are no expectations there is a respect and understanding for each other he is a huge support for me when I am walking through something or journeying or doing a ceremony. Like I literally can feel his energy during ceremony where he would show up and go, how can I help? What do you want me to do? I want to support. And it's an unusual relationship because I've never had one like this. I'm not going to lie. I don't want anybody... You think that I go around having all these relationships with unseen beings all the time because I haven't. This is a very unusual and yet no denying. There have been times where I would be sitting outside the top of our mountain and I could feel the ground shift like something stopped and I immediately knew it was Drake. Like there was no doubt in my mind, oh, he's here. So it's that kind of an exchange that is so powerful and it's a combination of friendship and mother and child and um, allies and just so many pieces in the way we are with each other. And he has played all of these roles. He has shown up in these roles for me to support me. And to give me the gift of understanding that there are all of these beings that are around. And he loves being here because of where I live. There is an energetic of dragon. And so for him, it is even more of, I keep hearing him say, it's a playground. And it is. For him, it is a playground. Um, because he can be free. And yet, there is that support. 
And I don't know if you want me to briefly go into the releasing of Drake 1 compared to Drake 2.0. So um, I I can hear I can feel Drake and the one thing that I was playing with of whether loud. or not <laughs> to say or not, but I can feel that he thinks it's important um, is and I'm going to let you talk about the 2.0, but there's something I want to backtrack and talk about as well because I think it's helpful. Um, and this is Drake's evolution, and so what I'm feeling for him is that. You know, Rosemary said, you know, obviously you had the healing, right, in the summer of 2021. And then that further awareness in November of 2021. In between that time, it's like Drake, like Rosemary was sharing with him, he was that bouncy and that joyful and that beautiful. But the thing is, is that because he had been locked up, he also had to go through his own journey and own healing and like experiencing like what is it to be in relationship with Rosemary and and what is it to be in relationship like he knows her soul, but like he maybe doesn't know her human in this lifetime in present day, modern day, 2020, that in 2021, he didn't know that they had to get to know each other. And so part of, he's like, tell them that I had food, tell them I had food to take. I heard that. I heard him say that. But he kept saying, he's like, I want them to know I had, I had dragon food. So I did something really special and really unique. Um, as Rosemary, that healing was actually a session. And so not only did I make her a formula to support where she was at, at a very physical human level, it wasn't past lives. It was like very physically human to support where she was at and those pieces. And then I made a formula for Drake and we called it his dragon food. And she would take the formula for him because again, it was just some way like that he, I think it went out. It didn't affect her because essences will just shed if you don't need them because then they work with the electrical system and the, and the emotional system. So they'll just shed if you don't need them. So I think that they would go through and go out into her energy field. And it was through that, that he would receive this, this blessing. She would take them like at night. Right. So they would dream together and she would take this dragon food essence. And it was that way that he also had healing to do. And that's the thing, like spirit beings and beings that are existing, not exactly in the physical world, like we are also have their own journey. They're not static beings. They're also in a journey of evolutionary growth and, and healing oftentimes. And you know, they're not perfect. It just felt like really important to share that he's had his own journey of evolution. And so that's how that started. And they, again, got to know each other. And it was so beautiful to witness that, like, almost like two new lovers, but obviously it wasn't like that. But, you know, it was that intimate, like getting to know each other and playing and also like learning boundaries with each other. And what is the, what are those boundaries? And, and just, yeah, re-experiencing and reacquainting with each other, both on a soul level, but also on a like, oh, who are you now after a thousand years or a couple thousand or however many long years? And and then that evolution of Drake's deepened. And I feel like that's where this part comes in that I think is you, you're wanting to share and he's wanting you to share. Yes, he is very much wanting me to share. And he's saying thank you because... Yes, he definitely had his own journey and his own food. And he would get very excited when I would sit on the bed and go, okay, 
time to eat. Are you ready? And he's like, yes, ready here. And literally, I felt like I was doing that. Like I was ingesting it into my human, but it was going to him. So thank you for that, because it was definitely his food was not mine. Um, yeah, so the journey with Drake took, you know, it's been whatever, two years now, well, 21. Well, okay, so a year and a half, maybe. Anyway, whatever that journey was, at time is just so feels like it was years and years that we hung out before this other piece showed up. And yet it was what a year and a half. Um, but I would, I have been working with him, right? Like I've been, and we had a dialogue, like we had a constant dialogue. I always knew more or less energetically where he was at. He always knew where I was. He was very protective, which is what I think the Amira was referencing to finding those boundaries, even with each other, because he would get frustrated or he would want to be more engaged. And it was like, we would literally have these conversations. So we got very close. It was like soulmates again. I mean, it's, I, it's so hard to explain the dynamic of what we had. And this past October, um, I went on led or co-facilitated a healing journey retreat with a group of women. And these women are women that I love very, very much. And I have a very strong connection with. We have me, Demira, and another friend. We've been working with them for several months. Um, one particular woman, there were others, but one particular woman that this incident occurred with is someone that I've known for several years. Um, and she was going through her own rebirthing is the best way that I can explain. I don't want to speak for her name her in any way as out of respect, but she was going through her own rebirthing process. And while I was working with her after we were done, so to speak, um, I went outside to kind of clear the energy, you know, to thank Drake because I could feel his presence there and supporting and holding space and helping along with other beings that I knew were there. And I went outside and all of a sudden I had this sense of him standing in front of me and I remember closing my eyes and seeing him in my mind's eye and he said to me it's time for me to go and I I froze really in so many ways I froze because I was like I don't understand and he says it's time for me to go you've got to let me go I have to go be with this other person that you were just working with all of this happened in a short period of time, but in my head, I was screaming, no, no, no. It's like, I don't know, turning over a child to another person, sort of the whole marriage thing, but at a much deeper, powerful level. So I stood there for a few minutes and finally realized that the biggest gift I could give this beloved being, being Drake, was to let him go to release him, to do his work. So I went back inside and I actually had at the time um, a little crocheted dragon that I would take everywhere with me because he was the physical symbolic thing of Drake. So he had gone with me on this retreat. He was with me everywhere. He, he would go in my backpack. He was always energetically. It's like your medicine bag, but this was his portion of it. And I took the crocheted dragon and I walked over to this woman and I said to her you know I honor your journey I honor where you're at it is time for you to have your dragon and I handed her this crochet dragon she knew what I was doing 
because she was familiar with him and my attachment and my connection to him. I cried like a crazy woman. Diamira, who was there, cried like a crazy woman. Because it was, for me, the biggest act of love for Drake. And as a human, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Because, ironically, I was journeying work with my son and letting him go because he'll be getting married soon. So it was almost, again, that simultaneous energetic connection between us and him helping me to, to learn that, to, to teach me that as I walk on my journey of releasing and letting him go. And so I left that retreat letting go of Drake. I was done with him. I was complete. I wasn't done with him in the sense of I'm done with you. I was done with him in the sense of our journey was complete. We were done. And I've kept in touch with him throughout, you know, from October through almost end of December. Every once in a while, I could feel his presence. It was like, hey, how's it going? I'm good. I just want you to know that. And this woman that I had given, that I had offered Drake to, which she took so beautifully and lovingly, would send me pictures, literally, of her with this little crocheted dragon to let me know that she was working with him and that they were together and they were happy. Um, and I realized sometime throughout the trip and later on that there would be another being that I would start working with. I didn't know who this being was or what that was about, but I knew there would be another being. And it was actually on that trip towards the end of the trip that there was an original intention to go to the top of this ridge, this mountainous ridge. It was in Colorado. And I kept thinking, oh, I'm going to meet up with this other being. It never unfolded. That whole thing never unfolded. And it wasn't until after I came home, I think it was in December, that I started to feel this other being. But there was a familiarity. Whereas with Drake, there was no familiarity when I first started working with him. This time, there was a familiarity. So I would just sit and hold space and close my eyes and do that journey. And it was actually in a conversation with you, Diamira, when we were talking and I said to you, I think this other being is here. I'm just not sure who it is yet. And you had a look on your face and I was like, what? And you're like, nope, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just a feeling. I don't know. And I'm like, I want to know what you're sensing. And you said, could it be Drake? Every part of my being started inside dancing and screaming and yelling and I could hear yes 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 and I was like who the hell is that <laughs> what are they saying and what are they talking about after a few hours of sitting and being with that energy I realized it was Drake as an adult so it was almost like these different aspects of Drake as a course of us as humans that exist. And so I realized that when it happened is Drake, I needed to break that connection with the image of what I had or what I believed to be Drake and allow that aspect of Drake to move on in his evolution. And once I truly did that and did that for, like I said, a couple of months, I had gotten to a point where I was very much at peace and very happy with where he was at. That then he presented and said, I am Drake. 
I can't even tell you how powerful that was. Ironically, there is a poster that I had converted into a painting that sits over my altar that I got years ago because there was something about that image that just was so profound. And it's an image of a dragon with a woman with long white hair, which for those of you that don't know me, I have long white hair. And she is has her hands up cupped to his face. It wasn't until after this happened in December that I heard him say, now you understand the painting. I am Drake. And it was such a powerful, different connection with him. And so it's ironic because I keep going, should I call you something else? And he's like, I'm Drake. So that's why we joke about Drake 2.0, because it is that next level of this beloved being in his evolution and my continued unconditional acceptance and engagement with him that has allowed him to do his and me to do mine. And again, the perfection of having to had release him because of working with the energy of my son and releasing him. Like it was, it's just been so synchronistic and perfect um and he's very very grateful and he's a powerful beautiful amazing being doing work right now in this world as the dragons are coming in energetically like i know this in every ounce of my being and i can't tell you how i know it so please don't write to the and say how does she know that i don't know i just viscerally Feel it in my body where the energy of dragon is coming in. And then, of course, the Amira has shared bits and pieces of things that she's experiencing. And I've had experiences in New Avalon. And it's just this whole dynamic of like, oh, he's here to do big work. And we're here to do it together. So it is a very different, beautiful relationship we have now. It's more, it's more serious in an interesting form, and yet it's not. Like, he's definitely got that childlike quality about him, so. And he's a grown-up now. He's a big boy. <laughs> the the image that keeps coming to me, and I know Drake will cor- correct me if this is not accurate, but for all I know, he's transmitting this image to me, is the image of... Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings when he, you know, they're crossing that bridge in the mines and they're running away from all of those beings and that Belrog or whatever it was called comes and Gandalf is fighting him and he was like, thou shall not pass. And, and Gandalf goes down and for all intents and purposes, Gandalf the gray dies He's gone. He fights that being. He struggles. You know, this is so symbolic on so many levels, right? Of like our fighting our own inner um, energies, and and he and he Gandalf dies, and then he comes back. But he comes back as himself, and yet now he's Gandalf the White. I feel they describe it in the book even better, but in the movie they show you like he's him. But he doesn't even totally have all the memory of the old him. It's like he is him and yet 
he's different. He has definitely changed. He's definitely accessed a more um, all-pervasive consciousness. And you can tell he just doesn't have as much of that cuddly feeling of Gandalf the Grey, how Gandalf the Grey was a little bit more personable. And and now he has this transcendent quality to him. And yet there's still continuity. And yet there's a very big distinction of like before and after. And I, I just kind of keep getting that with Drake 2.0. He just feels like, yes, he does retain that you know, seed code of who he was. And like you call him young, that young Drake and that the name that we used to call him that we're not allowed to use anymore. Um, (laughs) But, but uh, because it was like a cutesy name, but now he has like, he's come into his full self. And as such, it's like, he's left a lot of those other like parts of him have been, I don't want to say left behind, but totally integrated. Like it's like he's gone through a phoenixing. That's yes, how it feels. That's to the me. phoenix. That's exactly and just now when you said that with the whole Gandalf thing, it's like, yes, that's it. Right. Like that's that even physically, like the way the image I see of him is more of the painting. I know this is, you know, a podcast and we have no way of showing you a visual, but there is a painting. Um and yes, it is more of that image of this grandeur of him this regalness that's okay okay regal yeah <laughs> there is a regal energy about him of honoring and respect and yet the connection that i have with him and i know you feel there is still that joyful playful okay you know, we can play too right like it's about the joy also so yes that's a perfect way of describing So I want to ask, is there anything that you or Drake want to share further about this experience, about, I don't know, anything that's coming forward, either personally or even something that you might anticipate a question somebody might have? You know, I think think this is probably more personal because, again, I can feel his energy and he's like, I'm okay with it. That's theirs. Is the when I tap into him and I say, "Do I say this?" He's like, "I don't care. That is theirs, not mine." And yet, this human has a desire to give ourselves permission as humans, as we watch some of these shows and some of these, the way that they portray and the slaying of dragons. That dialogue. It is my heart's desire to shift that. And if it shifts one person that listens to this podcast, they are not here to be slayed. They are not here to be controlled or to, I don't know what the word is, because they are here in service and they are not. So there's a, there's a word, but it's, they're not here for us to take. They're not here for our taking. That energy is is not about, oh, I want a dragon. I remember specifically when I first met you and you mentioned dragons and you said there's a dragon at the top of your mountain. And I immediately went into, oh, how fun. There's a dragon up here. I want to play with a dragon. I went running outside and no idea what I was doing. And hi, dragon. How are you? Went and bought a little character thing and I had it on my altar. And that's all I ever did with that dragon until years later 
like me and you and our friend had a ceremony and you both pointed out, oh, there's a dragon up here, but he's mad. There is a respect that I desire when I say dragon and when I say that he's my ally. It is not these dragons that are portrayed in some of these shows of just destruction and terrorizing and to be slayed in order to conquer, in order to make ourselves. That is something I would, like I said, even if there's one person listening to this podcast that understands that 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 is received in a way that that is not what dragon is and that is not the way we are to connect to them and that is not the way they want to be seen so if we can get that if nothing else that honoring and that respect of who they are and what they are here doing because they are very, working very hard for us. I just want to take that moment to just honor that work that they are doing. And lastly, I just want to say thank you to Drake for his unconditional love and his never giving up. Never giving up. I am in such gratitude. And I, so many times when I see him in my mind's eye, it is a bowing. It is a reverence. And I just want everyone to know that. That I honor him as much as I hear him say, and I honor you. There is a mutual love and respect. I love that. That is so beautiful. And I just, I feel it's such an important distinction and message for everyone out there. It's not to diminish anyone's curiosity or even attraction or affinity affinity to these beings. And yet I really feel in all my work of working with other world beings and in particular the dragons is you do not go looking for them. We do not go hunting ourselves a dragon, not to slay and not, not even to befriend or to let me do a journey to have a dragon guide. No, like just no. (laughs) We really like the invitation is to, if a dragon wants to cultivate relationship with you, they will find you. They will come to you when you are ready. And the best thing I can tell everyone to be prepared um, to in order to prepare for and to make yourself the best ally possible is to do your shadow work because dragon does bring that up. Do your shadow work. Do your best. This is not about perfection, but do your best to make yourself a good ally. Look at your inner stuff, your inner projections, your inner whatever, because when we're working with spirit, that will bring it up if we're not balanced and stabilized this kind of thing will bring it up and then we're not doing a service. So do your inner work, do your shadow work, honor the earth. If you want to do anything for the dragons, if you feel like this deep connection to dragons, light a candle to offer a prayer of what Rosemary is saying, honoring a prayer of love and gratitude 
for their service, for what they are doing for the earth, which is a great deal with her energy systems and in particular her transformation that she is making at this time, offer a prayer, offer a prayer. And you may, who knows, one day a dragon may appear and then you will get to choose if you want to engage and embark on a possibly lifelong allyship with them. Yes. Thank you, dear Mira. Thank you so much, Rosemary, for being here with us. And thank you, Drake, for letting us share your story and also your story of your journey with this human, Rosemary. Rosemary, do you want to share with anybody? I don't know what you are wanting to share these days around people connecting with you or working with you. Yeah, I mean, I do limited clients with a lot of inner child work, which for those people that know me, that's definitely my passion. And I see the connection between all of this. So it it all intertwines. It's all there. As far as reaching out to me, I mean, I'm definitely open to giving email address that I don't know if you can post it like part of your I can. Notes. I will put it in the show notes. You're welcome to mention it here if that feels good. And if not, I can just put it in the show notes. Yeah, it's it's R Quaid. So it's the letter R, obviously, all lowercase, Q-U-A-D-E, and then Nichols. Again, all together. So N-I-C-H-O-L-S at Gmail. I don't have a big website or any of that because it is very limited my client base at this point. And that's intentional. and I am open if someone is interested to have a chat and see if it would be something that would work cohesively for the both of us. And so to be very uh, clear, what Rosemary is sharing her email for is in case you have felt inspired to work with her. It's not to... Um, and I could correct me if I'm wrong, but no, it's not to right. send her an email to have like, Hey, let's get on the phone and have a chat about dragons. This no. is not what you are. This no, is that is boundary. not what I am okay. offering. That is not what I am putting out there. Thank <laughs> you for that clarification. Um, I just think these things are important. <laughs> yes. No, you're, you're hundred percent right. And I don't, I'm not interested in doing that. That's each individual person's journey to, to walk. So I'm not that person to journey you with that. And you're also on Instagram, aren't you? Yes, I am. What am I on on Instagram? I'll find out what the address is and give it to you. Rosie Q, but I'm not 100% sure. That's a good way of doing it too. Thank you, Damira, for that reminder. Um, Yes. Perfect. Thank you so very much. Thank you to each of you for also, um, again, just honoring and being open to this conversation. And also, I just hope that this conversation opens up something with you of just around the possibilities of how rich and beautiful relationship with other world of spirit can be. So let's just um, put our attention in making ourselves good allies and uh, doing our own work so that we can also bridge into our relationships with spirit world. Thank you so much. Thank you, Diamira. Thank you for having me here and for letting us show up in this way. You're great. Thank you so much for joining me in this extraordinary conversation and sharing of one example of a 
healthy and joyful partnership between one human and one dragon. Of course, beings and relationships in these realms and between us and these realms is as varied as the stars in the sky. But I hope that this has stirred your heart in some way and introduced you to the richness of possibility that is our living world. I hope that you will also celebrate my book birthday with me. One way you can celebrate and show appreciation if you have read the book I would be so grateful if you could leave a review on Amazon or Goodreads. These reviews help me so much expand the visibility of this story, this book, so that more people can be blessed by the story. And don't forget to be on the lookout for that limited edition magical creation I don't even know what to call it. It's so exciting, enchanting, and unique. The Essence Treasure Map and Essence Book Bundle that is meant to accompany the reading of the Trail of Enchantment that is encoded in Initiation, My Fairy Soul Awakening. Until next time, blessings from the Sacred Heart of New Avalon. <laughs>